Welcome to another look into the life and message of Elizabeth Elliot. She called us to live to a higher standard each day, to not be satisfied with just a little religion in our lives as a shallow substitute for giving God our best. As the series continues, here in the coming weeks, we'll hear from family, friends, and others. They were influenced by Elizabeth's life and her message. Today we begin a series with a special guest. It's called Planning for Family Life, and our guest is Elizabeth's daughter, Valerie Elliott Shepherd. With two Gateway to Joy programs today, and then next time, the final two. And speaking of Valerie, we'll hear from Kathy Gilbert, one of Elizabeth's friends, as she talked about how Elizabeth liked to go to Southern California in order to see her daughter. Also, we'll hear from friend Arlita Winston, as she talks about Elizabeth's grandkids. So, a look at family life today, and next week as well. We begin with Gateway to Joy 46, as we hear about Valerie, who has at this point six children, and another on the way. The oldest 14, youngest two and a half. What reaction did they get from people seeing their large family? Were there ever concerns about another baby on the way? We'll hear about this and more. Later today, we'll hear about Christian pressure to not have children. About attitudes that say, hey, it's a crazy world. Why are we bringing more kids into it? Think about that later. First, though, Gateway to Joy 46. Planning for family life. Jesus said, come to me, all whose work is hard, whose load is heavy, and I will give you relief. Bend your necks to my yoke and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble-hearted, and your souls will find relief, for my yoke is good to bear, and my load is light. This is your friend, Elizabeth Elliot, talking today to my great delight with my daughter, Valerie Shepard. She's from Mission Viejo, California, and as most of you know, I live in Massachusetts, so we don't see nearly as much of each other as we'd like to. No, we don't. But I'm delighted that you're here, Val. And I've asked Val to talk about subjects that are close to her heart since she is the mother of a, of a family which is getting larger. Tell us about your children, Val. <laughs> we have six children, and we're expecting number seven at the end of December. Our oldest one is a boy, Walter. He's 14. The next one is Elizabeth, 12. The next one is Christiana, nine and a half. The next one is Jim, seven. And the next one is Colleen, five. And the youngest is Evangeline, two and a half. And I'm sure that occasionally you get raised eyebrows um, if you take all the children somewhere to a restaurant or a grocery store or something. Mm -hmm. Any mm -hmm. remarks ever made to you? Any questions asked? Oh, yes. There was one lady who said to me, they can't be all yours. And I said, yes, they are. And she said, well, you can't be living in California then. And I said, yes, I am living in California. And she said, well, then your husband must make a lot of money. And I said, well, no, not really. And she said, well, yes, he does. And I said, no, he doesn't, but the Lord provides for us. And, and the lady just became indignant and said, no, he really doesn't. You have to think about their education and their clothing. You just can't have a big family in California. <laughs> and you didn't realize that, did you? <laughs> Nobody no. told you that you weren't supposed to have a big family in California. When people say to you, how in the world do you cope 
What is your answer? Well, I usually just say, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my help, and he really is. Do you ever actually have people asking you straight out, why do you have such a big family? Are you Catholic, Mormon, or careless? I've actually heard that some people do ask questions like that. I haven't been asked if we were careless, but I have um, been told you must be either Catholic or Mormon. And I say, no, we're Presbyterian, and they look surprised. Um, if somebody were to actually say, why in the world do you have so many children, I would just say, because I believe children are a blessing from the Lord, and I've always wanted to have a big family. The next question that people are always asking me about you, and let me say that whenever people ask me, well, what's become of your daughter, Valerie? Of course, I say she's married to a minister in Southern California, and they, have, they are expecting their seventh child. <gasps> Seven children! That, that is almost the invariable reaction. <gasps> my goodness, well, how old is she? And oh, my goodness, she's been having them fast. Well, no, they're all at least two years apart, and I think there's two and a half mm -hmm. years between some of them. Mm -hmm. Then Christian women will sometimes say to me with a very earnest and sobered look, would your daughter t say that you have to have all the children that it's biologically possible to have? No, I would not say that. Um, I believe God gives us the desires of our hearts, and I really think God probably puts a desire in certain women's hearts to have large families. And I've trusted all along that as with, e with each child that the Lord gave me, he would give me more and more strength and grace and patience for each one. And a lot of times people say, you must be a very special person or you must have an awful lot of extra patience. And and I would just answer, no, probably not more than what most people have, but with each one, the Lord gives more grace. And so I'm thankful for each one. And, and there have been times during some of my pregnancies when I thought, I just don't think I can uh, handle one more little one. But I also know that the, the years of from zero to two are very short and fast, and this too shall pass, and the Lord brings more and more joy as they grow up. Do you think that a lot of women are, are governed primarily by fear yes. and not wanting to have Absolutely. more than one or two children? Absolutely. And what are they afraid of? Well, I know of um, several women who are scared to death of the, of the pregnancy itself because they had two very bad pregnancies, uncomfortable pregnancies. They don't want to go through that again. Then I know of others who just um, are so project-oriented that they want to spend time on their projects and not on children. So the two is enough for them. Um, also, they're afraid of... Um, what may happen to their bodies as they have more and more children, less and less shape. And they're afraid of um, the cost, education, and they're afraid that they won't have the patience or the kindness that they think they ought to have. And I found most often the fewer children the mother seems to have, the less patience they seem to have with them. So I believe the Lord gives more and more patience with each one. That's a very interesting observation. And maybe they're doing it in their own strength, thinking, well, I can manage two can kids, manage. and they're not managing very well, really, mm -hmm. whereas and you know you know, you can't handle seven children, right? and you mm -hmm. have to be doing what? You have to be depending on the Lord, 
moment by moment daily, just asking for his strength and his um, wisdom and his love to flow through me. May I ask, Val, if you've read your great-great-grandfather's book on hints for child training? Yes, I have. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And one of the things that interested me about this book, and the title of the book is Hints on Child Training, and the author is Henry Clay Trumbull, T-R-U-M-B-U-L-L. He happens to be Valerie's great-great-grandfather. And he had eight children, uh, four of whom I remember very well, five of whom. Let's see, I remember four of my great-aunts and my grandmother and my great-uncle as well. I guess that makes six, doesn't it? Uh, One of the things that I thought was particularly helpful in that book, and the whole book is just wonderful, even though it was written 100 years ago, Mm -hmm. would you say it's relevant to today? Yes, definitely. Very relevant. He's not rigid in his rules. And when he said he was asked for theories or rules for child training, he said, I don't have any theories and I don't have any rules. I've always tried to do the thing that seemed to be best at the time. There are times when I know that some discipline is needed and I have to inwardly pray, Lord, show me exactly what I should say and do right now because I'm not quick to think of consequences. Often the spanking is the um, easiest punishment and usually for younger children under eight or seven, it's, it's the immediate punishment. But there are times with my older ones that I know that I should have a punishment and I have to just pause and ask God inside, what should I do now for this disorderly conduct? (laughs) Usually it's taking them aside to a different room and trying to talk quietly to them and asking them if they believe that's what would be pleasing to the Lord. And as we talk, I think usually the Lord gives wisdom slowly but surely. Well, the mother of seven children, we're going to be talking again about discipline and responsibilities and children's jobs and lots of interesting things that Val has agreed to talk with me about on these programs. Back to this question of how many children one should have, and you did make the remark of uh, something about spacing children. Yes. um, I have wanted to space my children approximately every two to three years. The only pregnancy that I remember being quite upset about because I hadn't spaced it exactly the way I wanted it was um, the fifth one that was coming along. And I had wanted, I remember when my fourth one was a baby saying, I want to wait until this one is three years old before I have another one. Well, the Lord saw fit to give us another one before Jim was three. And uh, within a month or two after I found out I was pregnant, I was happy with it and accepted God's timing. And I knew that God's timing was absolutely the best, and He knows what's best for me, so I accepted it. Um, In our own wisdom, we think we know pretty much what's best, but we do have to ask God continually what He wants of us. And I believe because God gave me the desire to have a lot of children that He's given me exactly what I've wanted um, according to his will, and his will has been perfect for us. Well, thanks so much, Val. We'll be talking again with my daughter, Valerie Shepard. That was Planning for Family Life, Part 1, with Valerie Elliott Shepard, Elizabeth's daughter. And speaking of Valerie, 
Kathy Gilbert, one of Elizabeth's friends, talks about how Elizabeth loved to go to Southern California. As soon as the newsletter came out, I would look to see where her local speaking engagements were going to be. And if they were local in Southern California, I would register and then I would assist her and Lars in whatever they needed. And the reason she came to Southern California often during that time is because Walton Thal and Elizabeth's eight grandchildren lived in Aliso Viejo. And so you know Elizabeth took every opportunity to speak when invited in Southern California. Now, Elizabeth Elliott, she was my mentor. She befriended me. She discipled me. It was This happened during our conversations, our letters, our times together, her teaching, and her books. She introduced me to Lilius Trotter, Amy Carmichael, Madame Guéon, Ellie Maxwell, and so many others. I just am honored and in awe of her gift of exhortation. Specifically to me, she said, you know, you're a servant by your reaction to being treated like one. Those words continually come back to me. Friend of Elizabeth, Kathy Gilbert. There. Thank you, Kathy. Later in the program, we'll hear from Arlita Winston as she'll talk about Elizabeth Elliott's grandkids. Right now, though, it's Gateway to Joy 47, Planning for Family Life. Our guest, Valerie Elliott Shepard. You know, there was pressure to not have children, and sometimes from Christians themselves. In this crazy world, have you ever asked, should we bring more kids into this kind of world? This is your friend Elizabeth Elliott talking again today with my daughter, Valerie Shepard. Yesterday, Valerie, we were talking about uh, your being slightly upset when you found yourself pregnant with number five, And I have to confess that I was slightly upset, too. Any listeners to our program who also are readers of my newsletter might remember that I wrote a little piece in the newsletter back at that time telling about how God had to deal with me about my attitude. I was uh, certainly not trying to manipulate you and Walt and tell you how many children you should have, but my heart just went out to you thinking, poor Val, she's had these four children in rather rapid succession, even though it was two years between each one, uh, couldn't you have waited just a little bit longer for number five? And of course, God had to deal with me about feelings that were really none of my business. Mm -hmm. This matter was none of my business whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And as a mother and a mother-in-law, I realized that I was completely out of order. So back to the question of the spacing Mm -hmm. of children, Somebody, uh, I think you told me that you had a letter about this whole question of of contraception or whatever. Do you want to read that for us? Yes. And she says that she and her husband are being pressured to stop having children, even by their Christian friends and their family, and that they're even telling them that that one of them should be sterilized. She says, my husband is studying to be a preacher, and neither he nor I want to get out of the will of God. We want more children, but don't know how to deal with this anti-children attitude. She says, even the Christians frown upon the idea that we want more, and they think we're crazy, and they even tell us they will pray for us. Um, First of all, I want to say that I am against sterilization. I believe that's tampering with God's design, and I do believe that we have to face those verses in Scripture that say children are a blessing from the Lord, 
Let the little children come unto me. Anyone who receives such a little one as this receives me. And I believe that um, each child is a very special gift from God. So I'm totally against um, this attitude that we shouldn't have more than two. It seems to come from a lack of believing in the sovereignty of God because they think they look at the world and they say, well, it's such an awful world to bring children into. And they may have heard the myth of overpopulation. And, and I really believe that God um, is going to give Christians more children so that they can be raised up to serve him and uh, praise him and be leaders in this world. So Christians are the ones that should have more children. Um, we have used natural family planning for spacing, although unless you're very, very careful, it can, uh, the Lord can overrule your plans, and um, that's what happened with my number five. But again, I really believe God's timing is better than our own, so we have to live in this fine balance of trusting that God knows what's best and trying to follow what we think we can handle, and yet knowing that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. One of the things that I have found a real blessing, Val, that you have taught me is just this, your attitude of, of openness to the will of God. Now, I'm sure that many of our listeners are sitting there thinking, what is she talking about? How can you be trusting God, saying that you're really trusting God and you're open to what he wants you to do and you'll receive the children that he wants you to have and at the same time doing something about not having those children? It doesn't make any sense. Are you trusting God or are you not trusting mm -hmm. God? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that that is a failure to recognize that God's sovereign plan always involves certain human decisions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the verses that I have always found very interesting, shall we say, and I think applicable to this particular question is the verse in Nehemiah where they were building the wall and Nehemiah said, we prayed to our God and, do you remember the rest of it? Posted a guard. We did both. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We asked for God's protection and God's will, and we also did the obvious common sense thing to do. Yes. Mm -hmm. But what we're into, as this woman has mentioned in her letter, and the thing which I think we Christians really need to take a stand against and be very careful about, is an attitude mm -hmm. which is so secular. Right. Mm -hmm. We will not have more than two children. I wouldn't even think of having more than two children. I've mm -hmm. heard people say that. Mm -hmm. And how about just getting down on your knees and saying, Lord, I want to have the number of children you want me to have. Wouldn't that be really that's, essentially what, you're do what you've done? Yes, that seems the right way to do it because God knows what's best for us. And uh, if my husband and I are one on on the way children should be raised and, and the fact that we are uh, stewards of their lives, they are gifts to us only for a short time, then why shouldn't we say to the Lord, Lord, we want to have the number that you want us to have at the times that you want us mm -hmm. to have them? And even though in my own weakness and thinking of my own lack of strength, I've thought I just couldn't handle one every two years, the Lord has taught me that he can give the strength that overrules my weakness. And um, even though there are days when I feel absolutely 
weak and a failure. And um, I still believe that overall and through it all, God is holding us up and preserving us and carrying us through. And we have his promise specifically in 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is all you need for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And how could we ever learn the reality of that verse without experiencing real weakness? And again, back to the question of your desire versus the will of God, you said you wanted a big family. Mm -hmm. God might not have given you a big family or even any children at all. Mm -hmm. I get many letters from heartbroken women who desperately desire children and Mm -hmm. God has not given them children. Mm -hmm. And again, we have to fall back on what you've been saying. God knows exactly what is best Mm -hmm. for you. And to those who up until maybe today, listening to this program, have had the attitude, I'm finished, that's it. I'm not having any more kids. What would you say? I would say, ask God if he might want you to have more children. Not that you're going to hear an audible yes or no, but the attitude of of submitting to his will. And again, looking at that verse, children are a blessing from the Lord and a heritage from the Lord, and the fruit of the, re- of the womb is his reward. I think we have to face uh, those verses, and we have, to, we have to say, Lord, what would you have me do? And so often it's either one or the other. Women want more and the husband doesn't, or the husband wants more and the wife doesn't. And in the case of the husband wanting more and the wife doesn't, the wife has to also see the issue of submission there and, and asking God again to protect her, and she entrusts herself to, to uh, her creator and to her husband. It's the attitude that Mary demonstrated, isn't it, when she had an unexpected pregnancy, mm-hmm. a very unexpected pregnancy, mm-hmm. being told by the angel that she was to be the mother of the Son of God. She might have raised quite a few objections in mm-hmm. that situation. Mm-hmm. She had her plans. She had a fiancé. How was she ever going to convince Joseph? that she hadn't been unfaithful to him. What were the people in the village going to say? What were her parents going to say? She had no guarantees of any protection of any kind except the will of God. And there wasn't any question in Mary's mind that this was a message from God, and her response was, anything you say, Lord, what you want is what I'll take. Mm -hmm. I have a little uh, verse in my Bible. It's not a biblical verse, but something somebody said that has helped me to see our attitude as submitting to the will of God. I am willing to receive what you send, to lack what you withhold, to relinquish what you take, to suffer what you inflict, to do what you command, to be what you require. Read it again, would you, slowly? There might be some people that would take a few notes on that one. I am willing to receive what you send, to lack what you withhold, to relinquish what you take, to suffer what you inflict, to do what you command, to be what you require. And to me, that's the attitude we should have towards anything that happens to us in life, even whether it's an unwanted pregnancy or cancer in our husbands, whatever the Lord has given us, the Lord knows is best for our growth in Christ. 
And this is exactly the message that Gateway to Joy is here to convey. I hope that literally every program has principles which are applicable to everybody. Mm-hmm. So there will be all kinds of people listening to us today that are not uh, young married women in the childbearing years, but those principles that you've given us of willingness to submit to the will of God are applicable to all of us. Thank you so much. This was my daughter, Valerie Shepard. Gateway to Joy 47, part two in this four-part series, which will conclude next time. It's called Planning for Family Life. But before we go, we have a, a little over a minute long, a comment from Arlita Winston. We've been thinking about family life. What did Elizabeth think of her grandkids? I want to speak especially to her grandchildren today. Walter, Elizabeth, Christiana, Colleen, Jim, Evangeline, Theo, and Sarah. One evening, Walter, as a baby, your granny was taking care of you, and you were sobbing inconsolably. Gathering you up and holding you close, she walked out into the still night and pointed up to the vast darkness studded with stars, and she breathed wonder into you. You became quiet and were comforted in her strong arms. She telephoned me later that evening, just wanting to share this small wonder, this wonder about the stars, about her God, about creation, about her grandson. And her grandchildren, each one of you, sometimes left her speechless, and often in gales of laughter. A good friend of Elizabeth, Arlita Winston there. Thank you, Arlita. Well, join us next time as we conclude this very short series, just four parts. We'll have part three and four next week, including a look at homeschooling. So don't miss that. Well, let me thank you for letting us come into your home, your office, maybe along with you as you got some exercise today. On behalf of the Elizabeth Elliott Foundation, in cooperation with the Bible Broadcasting Network, let me invite you to check out all the many resources at elizabethelliot.org. If you've never been there, check it out soon. elizabethelliot.org. For more lectures, talks, devotionals, videos, Gateway to Joy programs, and more. And be sure to leave a review of this podcast wherever you happen to be listening to us today. Thanks. And until next time, may God remind you daily that you're loved with an everlasting love. Underneath are what? That's right. Underneath are the everlasting arms. Everlasting arms.